experiencing a small contained faith? Tired of settling for less? Well, this podcast is going to help you live out your faith in a spacious room. Because you were made for bigger things. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to this week's Leaders Talk Spacious Room podcast. And today, I have myself. You have myself. No special guest this week because we're going to be talking about the narrative of an anti-hero running away from responsibility. And I was thinking about the leaders that I know, and I thought the one leader that has run away from responsibility is me. Yes, the finger pointed back on myself. So I thought, um, regular listeners, you will get to know me a whole lot better in the next half an hour um, as I candidly talk about running away from responsibility and um, how my narrative of the anti-hero played out and what lessons I've actually learnt along the way. And I really hope that this episode is going to help some of you leaders who are struggling with probably the weight of responsibility of leadership or um, running teams or or doing church life. And you, you just want to sit in a dark place, you know, have a little pity party and, and just go, God, I, I can't do leadership anymore. Well, um, yeah, that was me. Um, and I have learnt that it's in the surrender and it's in that dark place where you really get a change of heart and you really wrestle with God and he just brings you through and you, you do what he's called you to do. Um, he empowers and equips you. Um, so I'm going to talk about, of course the most famous anti-hero in the Bible is, of course, Jonah. And we all know the story of Jonah, how he um, was called to go and speak to Nineveh and he refused and he ended up going the other way. And he had good reason to as well because um, the Assyrians were were pretty hard on Israel and, and Jonah just loathe them really um and you can see why Jonah when you read the story why he's unhappy with God um and why he questioned God to say Assyrians you want them all saved are you serious do you know what they've done to Israel um and you know because these like Assyrians they they were aggressive in nature They built this empire by bullying and conquering other nations. So when God has the audacity to say to Jonah to go down to Nineveh and preach a message of repentance to them, he was having none of it. He was like, "Mm -mm, I am going to get on a ship and I'm going to be going the other way. So we're going to pick up the story in chapter 1, verse 1, and I just want to set the scene of Jonah. And it's, and I'm reading from the voice translation because I just 
love this translation. If you follow my blogs um, or my writing or have um, read my books, then the voice translation just... It's got that narrative form that I just love and it um, it really speaks to the depths of my soul. So this is why I like this translation. And it says, uh, Jonah chapter 1 verse 1, One day the word of the eternal one came to the prophet Jonah. Get up and go. Now you've got to remember that. Get up and go. That's what God's saying to Jonah. To that powerful and notorious city of Nineveh, call out my message against it because the wickedness of its people have come to my attention. In hearing those instructions, Jonah got up and ran towards Tarshish from the eternal's presence. He went totally the other way. He went down to the point at Joppa and found a ship born for Tarshish. He climbed aboard, paid the fare and made himself comfortable in the hold of the ship. Oh, my gosh. Paid the fare, made himself comfortable in the hold of the ship. He was saying, mm-mm, no, I'm, I'm going to get myself comfortable. Going to Nineveh, that notorious city, to tell them to all repent and get saved, way too uncomfortable. I'm going to be paying the fare, climb aboard the ship that's going in the opposite direction. I'm going to get myself comfortable, maybe have a little nap. And I'm going in the other direction. But of course, God had other ideas. And it says in verse 4 of chapter 1, not to be deterred. <laughs> I just love God. He's like, it doesn't, he never gets deterred by our stubbornness. The eternal one threw an intense wind at the sea. The violence of the storm put Jonah's ship in jeopardy of breaking apart. The sailors panicked. They started running back and forth, throwing cargo overboard to lighten the boat. Every man, out of desperation, cried to his own deity. Eventually, a sailor found Jonah down in the hold of the ship where he had laid down and fallen into a deep slumber. When the captain heard, he went down and woke Jonah up. How can you sleep so deeply? Get up. There it is again. Get up and call out to your deity. Maybe your deity will see what is happening and save us from this catastrophe. Well, as the story goes, the, the Jonah suddenly realises, he wakes up to himself, um, not just in the natural but in the spiritual, and he goes, um, and they're like, why is, why is this storm happening? I mean, these are like, you know, uh, experienced sailors and they're thinking, what is happening what have we done? And, you know, they're throwing out cargo. They're, they're trying to manage the ship. And, and in the end, Jonah's like, it's me. It's me. Throw me out and, and it'll all be calm. And they're like, no, we can't do that. We just chuck everything out. Don't you find that in leadership? It's like God's going, this is the problem. You are the problem. You know, he's, he's pretty blunt sometimes, God, when you're not listening, when you go in the hold of the ship and you want to go sleep and you're, you're just like, I'm done. I'm not going to do what you asked me to do, God. And he's like, right, I'm going to send a storm. I'm going to send some chaos. I'm going to get it going. And you're going to wake up from your slumber. And everyone around you, like the sailors, let's get rid of this and this and throw out cargo and do this and do this. And nothing seems to be stopping that chaos and stopping that storm 
and then you suddenly realize well perhaps it's it's me it's me who needs to leave the ship who needs to get out of a situation who needs to um so it's calm and 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 everyone's like no 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 it's it's not it's not you it's everything else but sometimes in leadership god has to be pretty blunt to really do a really good work in us you know and and i know myself um i've i've thought maybe i need to change my ways or i need to you know do what's god asked me to do but you make excuses and excuses and you keep running in the other direction and you know what running in the other direction is not always um it's not always from what you've done. Yeah, you, you, God's going to do a work in you, but sometimes it's what's been done to you. I mean, my book, Wounded and on the Run, is is total testament to wounding and um, hardship and and disappointment and and all that. And and yet God says, "I'm still calling you. I'm still calling you." And and you can get a bit like Jonah and and think about the other people that you need to go and, and see and they're less deserving and you think they're not worthy and you think they're never going to repent. And and so you sit in a ship that's going to Tashish and you go, mm, I can't do it. I can't do it, God. And and then the chaos starts and he's like, You need to listen, you need to you need to do this. And, and, you know, that's the wrestle, isn't it? And you're like, but I've been wounded. I've been disappointed. I've been hurt by other people. I've, and I've done things that are not great either. And, and, and you sort of question God and you go, why have you called me to leadership? Why, why me? And, and God's, it's just like, I'm, I don't make mistakes. I don't make mistakes. I have called you. I have chosen you. I know it's hard. I know it's tough, but, but you, you're going to, you are gonna, you you're gonna, you're gonna do what I've asked, and it's gonna change you. You know, we can be going along quite nicely in our faith, and and then and then suddenly God asks you to do something, and you're not keen on it. I know, I, and I'm I've been in many situations like that, and I'm sure you have as a leader too, and and you think, and and you get fear and it makes you want to run away and then you think all about the wounding disappointment you think I don't want to go through that again I don't want to I don't want to put myself through that again God what are you doing to me and we want we want to change and we want to see the change and and we want to be the change but but we resist God because he's asking us to do something that as they're calling on our lives, just like Jonah, and you're like, that's not what I've signed up for. My thought of leadership and how it's going to roll was not what you've asked me to do, God. And that can be really tough. That's such a growth in leadership that you um, you just think, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether I can change. And... Um, you know, John C. Maxwell, the great leader, he, he says this. He says, some people are open to change as long as it doesn't inconvenience them or cost them anything. <laughs> and it, it's so true, isn't it, you know? 
if it's going to inconvenience us, if it's going to cost us something, just like Jonah, you're like, mm, no, that's too high a price to pay. I don't want to do that. I'm going to hide in a ship. I'm going to fall asleep. But the chaos ensues. It, it, it's, it keeps going. And, you know, he, he stretches and he shapes us in ways that we never thought we would be able to cope with. And, of course, what happens with Jonah is they do throw him out in the sea. Um, and, you know, throwing him out the sea, he still has a calling on his life. Um, the sailors think he's going to die, but whether it's metaphor, you know, th- theologians have not, whether it's a dream that Jonah had or whether it is a real whale or whether it's a metaphor for something, um, they can't quite determine what it is. But the point of the story is that Jonah is questioning why the the Assyrians are going to get God's repentance. It's like he was going to be in the judgment seat and say, well, I'm worthy of being having mercy and um, to be saved, but, but these Assyrians who have oppressed Israel are not worthy. And God's like, mm, no, you're not judge. I decide who is, um, who's going to be saved. And he's like, there's thousands of people who I want you to go and preach the message to. And that's the whole thing with Jonah in the whale. Jonah in the whale, this is the, it's, it's not the ship. It's not the throwing overboard that changes him. It's when he's in the whale. And that's the point, you know, when, he, when he's sitting in that belly of the whale, hoping that it all goes away, he's, he's obviously, he's starting to get a change of heart. And in my own story, you know, God's asked me to step up and he's probably asked you too to step up um, and to help people. To help them live out a better story. And that was in my writing, to to be an author of books. And I've I got to say, I, I ran away from it a little bit. And it was always there. Everything that I did, whatever job I took or, or whatever I did, the writing always came back. And it's like, God's like, you need to do this. You need to be obedient and you need to do it. And I know it's a different situation to Jonah, but I'm, I'm sure you're thinking as you're listening to this, what situation has or what calling or what, what has God put on my heart that I'm like, I'm really resisting and going, oh, I don't know, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and, and he works through it. And, and for myself, I've resisted many times for the changing that, that's got to occur in me so I can live out my calling. And it's, it's those internal ones, like, you know, a fearful mindset, trusting God completely, knowing that he's my provider and he's my source. And over the past few years, I've certainly learned that big time, um, that he is my provider and my source. And, and yeah, it was a huge inconvenience huge um and it cost me something and there's days where I sat in that whale 
of my old life and it was far more comforting to sit in that and not trust God and and not step out into the unknown but God you know he kept reminding me that he's like you've got a responsibility Wendy um you've got a calling on your life you are destined you are called you I have chosen you you need to do what I've asked you to do you need to write books um and so I I I did I did um and and it's only because I actually surrendered and and God's going you know there's there's souls out there that need to be helped that need to be um know my grace and know my love and I had to really change my thinking out to trust God with my life um just like Jonah did and you know he's going to send storms and he sent a whale and but he kept he kept you know he he kept saying to me it's going to be okay it's going to be okay just like Jonah is is if finally he came out of the whale and obviously he went to Nineveh <clears throat> and he um he actually before that he actually um Jonah reveals a prayer. He, he reveals a prayer, a change of heart. And you've got to listen to this. This is this is just so good. This is Jonah's prayer, right? In the chaos, in in the moment of his deepest, darkest moment, um, before he obviously gets spat out by the whale. It says with desperate cries. Maybe you can like identify this right at this moment in your leadership. Um, with desperate cries, I beckoned the eternal to hear and he answered me. From the belly, the place of death, I cried out to you and you have responded to my voice. You threw me into the watery depths and cast me into the middle of the chaotic seas. The waters closed in around me. Your waves broke over me. Your surf swelled as I sank into the depths. But then I said to you, I have been driven out from before your very eyes. Still, I know I will gaze again on your holy temple. The waters swallowed me. The deep abyss was covering over me. Seaweeds were wrapped around my head, trapping me as I sank down to where the mountains are rooted to the earth. I went down to the place where death's gate would lock me in forever. Oh, if you're feeling like that at the moment, honestly, I totally get where you are because that's how it can feel. But then the next part of his prayer, it's like he's in the ashes, he's in the depths of despair, but then he starts to rise up and that's what God does. He, he takes you to the end of yourself Till you just can't, you're like, that's it, I'm done. And he's like, okay, now we're going to rise. And it says, yet you lifted me up from the pit. Eternal one, you are my God. Only as my life was fading way, fading way did I remember the eternal. To your sacred dwelling, your holy temple, my cries did rise to you. Those who worship worthless idols turn their backs on God and renounce their loyal love. But I will sing to you. And sacrifice to you with a voice filled with thanksgiving. Whatever I promised, I will certainly pay it because deliverance is from the eternal alone. And in 
um, Mark Sayers' book, Facing the Leviathan, Leadership, Influence and Creating in a Cultural Storm. I highly recommend this book. It's so good. Um, he talks about, he goes through the um, story of Jonah, but he says this, he says, sacrificial, sacrificial love wrapped up in grace is what saves. The power with which God triumphs over the abyss, sin, chaos and death is a power made perfect in weakness. And, and I really think Jonah, he, in his weakness of saying, I'm, I'm not going to do what you've called me to do, God, because I, I don't think them people are deserving. It was such a weakness to him. And I think his vulnerability of really being quite honest, and I think as leaders we need to really get honest with ourselves, right? We really need to go, okay, what is it that, that is, is stopping me from going into my calling? What am I hooked onto? I mean, like the whale, you know, the, they get hooked onto things. And as leaders, we can get hooked onto comfort, onto distraction. And, you know, it says in verse 1, verse 3, what I read out, and he went down to the port of Jopa and found a ship bound for Tarshish. He climbed aboard, paid the fare, made himself comfortable in the hold of the ship. And that's what we do, isn't it, as leaders? We get comfortable in the ship before the whale moment. And and we're never we're never gonna get off the ship. We've got to be we've got to be turfed out sometimes, out the ship, out of our comfort zone. And you know, you're like, well, I've paid the fare. I've paid my money to be on this comfortable ship. But <laughs> believe me, God's sending a storm and he's going to, he, like me, he woke me up to my calling. So we can really get hooked on comfort as a leader. And, and we've got to really question ourselves of why we want to be a leader in the first place. And um. Another book, a uh, leadership book that I've got, is The Motive. And if you've never read it, it's a leadership fable and it's by Patrick Lenasini. So, Lenasini, Sony, <laughs> I can't even say his name. Patrick Lenasini. And it's such a fantastic book. Um, the Motive uh, Why So Many Leaders Abdicate Their Most Important Responsibilities. And he. He he just says this in the introduction, and I and I thought, yeah, this is this is so true, you know. Um, the primary motive for most young people and too many older ones is the rewards that leadership brings with it, things like notoriety, um, status, and power. But people who are motivated by these things won't embrace the demands of leadership when they see little or no connection between doing their duties and receiving those rewards. They'll pick and choose how they spend their time and energy based on what they are going to get rather than what they need to give to the people they're supposed to be leading. This is as dangerous as it is common. And, and I think sometimes we can really think what I'm going to get rather than what I'm going to give. We can become the Jonah. He wasn't thinking what he's going to give to those um, Assyrians, you know, give the gift of salvation really um, to, pro- to preach to them and say, Here's, this is a free gift, it, you, you are worthy to have it. 
He was thinking about what he was going to get. And we can fall into that trap as leaders. And we've, we've really got to p- bring back the why of why we've been called to leadership. Is it what we're going to give uh, to other people or, or is it what we're going to get? And um, it's, uh, you know, and, and we can get really hooked on that comfort. Um, but also we can actually get hooked on distraction because um, before Jonah went into the whale and the sailors, they're, they're like freaking out and panicking because of this um, chaotic storm. And it says, you know, the sailors panicked. They started running back and forth, throwing cargo overboard to lighten the boat. Every man, out of desperation, cried to his own deity. And and they got distracted and... You'll find that when when you're distracted, I mean, the enemy is so good, isn't he, at distracting us so quickly, you know, focusing on things that really don't matter instead of looking at the things that really do matter. Um, And he can get us so busy in leadership about the things that really are quite trivial rather than, like, focusing and concentrating on things that actually make a difference and, and that's what you need to focus on. And we can keep running back and forth, looking at the cargo, throwing it overboard, and, and we actually acknowledge that, that it's, it's us as leaders that need to jump ship and we're going to end up going in that belly of the whale. But that's where the change, that's where the transformation happens, just like Jonah. And, yeah, it, you jump from the chaos and you go into the belly of the whale. And I know I've been there myself and and you're thinking, oh my gosh, can it get any worse? I mean, seriously, God, can it get any worse? But you know what? The ship that you've jumped from is actually going in the wrong direction. That's going to Tashish. And you don't want to go there. You need to get to Nineveh. Um, and and the whale is is even though it's dark and it's smelly and it's horrible and it's the change and transformation that you need. It's, it's pointing you in the right direction. And that's where leaders need to be hooked on surrender. Because it says in Jonah 2.2, it says, From the belly, the place of death, I cried out to you, and you have responded to my voice. You know, it's that obedience that comes from the dark belly of the whale. Because, you know, like myself, I just got to a point, I went, God, I'm just sick and tired of running. I'm tired of running from my wounds, from my disappointment, from my um, just just everything that has happened to me. I'm like, I'm just going to stop running and I'm going to let you heal me. I'm going to let you make me whole and I'm going to allow you to make me a better leader. I'm still learning, but trust me, I haven't got it all together. But, but I look back on my journey of being from a chaos of the ship and the storm into the whale and back out and I think wow God you have done a work in me that is that is so deep and so um, life-changing that I I see things different now I see things that I think you know what that's not going to distract me I'm not going to get hooked on the distraction I'm not going to get hooked on being comfortable. I'm just going to get hooked on surrendering. 
and I'm going to stop running away and I'm going to be like Jonah and I'm going to like, right, I'm, I surrender. And, and God gives you the strength and the courage to go and do what you've called to do. He really does. Um, and another book that um, is amazing too is Andy Stanley's Deep and Wide, um, Creating Churches on Church People Love to Attend. And I think, you know, when I talk about my change of heart and um, as a leader, because I've, I've been a leader in church for like over 20 years and uh, and yeah I've there's things have happened um but I think I for me you got to I have to be careful like Jonah's sort of attitude was um you know those people are not deserving um and I'm not going to go to the Assyrians I'm not going to go to Nineveh and we can become like, you know, this Christian-only culture and um, we, we can sort of get in this cosy little huddle and click and, and go, I'm not, I'm not going to go outside. I'm just happy to lead the people inside the church, which we, we are called to do, but, but we've always got to have that um, church with no walls sort of mindset. And Andy Stanley says... He says this about um, leadership. Um, it's a shame, well, churches in general, not just leaders, but leaders do set the culture of a church. And it says it's a shame that so many churches are married to it, designed by Christians for Christians only culture, a culture in which they talk about the Great Commission, sing songs about the Great Commission, but refuse to recognise their churches reorganise their churches around the Great Commission. They are often the same churches where members talk about grace, sing about how amazing it is, but create graceless cultures where only those who play by the rules feel welcome. And I think there's, if there's one thing we can learn about Jonah is that in Jonah's mindset, the Assyrians were not playing by the rules. And he was like, they don't deserve to be saved. But God, in his grace and his mercy, is like, I came for all. I came for all, and it doesn't matter how far you are removed. I'm, I'm going to send someone to help you, help people see, recognise me. And, and I think as leaders, we, we really need to sort of keep looking, looking outside and 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 looking past the four walls of our churches and and going, yeah, it, it's about um, bringing the unchurched in and um, and just loving on them, loving on them uh, regardless what they've done or, or where they're from and just loving them. And I know um, many of you who've listened to this, it's it totally got that heart too. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm preaching to the choir, you know, Um you you really you know i hope and pray that that you you have that that mindset and and that attitude that right attitude you know it's really important and sometimes we've got to go through the chaos and uh but that's where you know god god changes chaos into peace and he's totally done that in my life too i i sometimes i've been in such chaos 
in my own self that God's had to do a really good work in me and um you know and and just I've got to yield to his will I think that's what we need to learn as as leaders is just to yield to what God has called us to do um because that's what Jonah did you know he yielded to the eternal's command and headed on the road to Nineveh he finally did it and and I think you know we can go to all the Christian conferences conferences uh, we like and and buy all these Christian books and you know and and make ourselves feel good and 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 it's it is good you know because we seek out our purpose and our calling and we and we get clarification sometimes from conferences and from Christian books I'm not knocking them at all it's just, it, they definitely have their place they're great and they bring clarity and definition to what God is asking you to do but you know there comes a moment when God asks us to change our attitude about something which makes us run just like Jonah in the other direction and God will let us get swallowed up by many whales until we yield until we surrender to his will because we're not part of our story we're part of his story he's the one who calls us and we just have to be obedient and say, okay, God. And Charles Swindle talks about how having the right attitude is really important. And this is what he says. And I just love this. And I'm going to finish on this. Um, he says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church or a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day to regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past, nor can we change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We also cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. And isn't that just so good? And as leaders, I just pray if you're listening now, and I, I, you know, I'm praying my, to myself about this too. Just, just keep your attitude in check. Keep your attitude in check. If, if you're fast asleep in the hold of the ship and the chaos is going around you, maybe God's saying it's time to wake up. Um. If you're in the belly of the whale at the moment and it's dark and, and you just know you've got to change something, you just know that you've got to do a deep, God's got to do a deep work in you to go and do what, what you've been called to do, then allow him to, to just help you in that transformation. And he does it so lovingly. He really does. He is a good, good father. And he, and he really does a good work in you. And it may take a long time. I mean, it's taken me a lot of years to, um, and like I said, I am, still haven't got it all together. I still fail on things and still have 
you know attitudes about things but I've, I'm, I've got better I've got better um, and I just think I'm not why I'm not one to judge all what I've been through I'm like, I am no person to to like point the finger and you know and someone else's you know flaws I probably had other flaws and other people were graceful to me and so you know you've got to sort of mirror it to yourself but I just pray that um, if there's one thing you take out of this podcast today about the narrative the anti-hero is that it's it's about our attitude and you know if your attitude is stubbornness and resentfulness and bitterness and 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 you're just sitting in that belly of the whale then God's like I want I want to use you I want to well not use you I want you to step into your calling because God doesn't use people he he molds and shapes people um but but we we've got to change our attitude. But if you if you if you soften, if you start to get that attitude of softness, of grace, of love, of kindness, and actually think, wait a minute, you know, I'm not deserving either of of God's grace and love. Um, so why should I judge other people that they are not deserving of it either? Um, and as leaders. We um, we really can overcome these things, and and you know keep keep coming back and checking our attitude because you know it, it can be like a daily thing, <laughs> and sometimes you know some days you, you're just great with your attitude, other days you're not had such a great day. Um, but yeah, I think the whole narrative of Jonah was he had to really change his heart and his attitude. So I. Yeah, I I pray that over myself and I pray over you too that that we will keep our attitude in check, keep that soft heart, keep um just going back to the why of why we've been called as leaders. It's not for the prominence, it's not for the title of position, it's not for the it's not for all the the um entitlements that we get. It's because we want to be s- servant leaders we want to come back and go we're just here like Jesus you know washes the disciples feet that's what we're here for Uh, we're here to serve and um, so yeah I I just pray that um, and hear my heart on this you know because I've been I've been through it too and like I said I'm still learning Um, but you can really um really learn a lot from Jonah and I highly recommend reading it's only a short short story but you can really it's really rich in um, getting your attitude right and getting it uh, back in line with God's will and purpose because that's what we're about right Um, we're here to lead others to God's heart so I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast Um, you've I pray that you've learned a lot about me um, and next time I'm going to, we've got another guest coming on. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. So I just want to say thanks for listening again. I hope you get a lot out of these leadership talks and um, yeah, and I will catch you next time.
Thanks for listening. To catch all the latest from me, you can subscribe to my website, thebigvoiceonline.com or follow me on Instagram, Wendy J. Parker Writer. See you soon.